Hello, everybody. Welcome to Outspoken, episode 31. My name is Justin White, and my guest today is Doug Childers. Uh, he is he's a friend of my mom's, and he they've known each other for a long time. But uh, he and I really just met, and this was our first conversation ever. Um, I think we said hi once at a workshop 10 years ago for about five seconds, and that was it. And then this was the first time we talked, and we went very deep, and uh, I love I love getting insight into an individual's worldview and their personal doctrine, um, or whatever you want to call that, uh, their way of being in the world. And uh, I find that Doug was, is very eloquent at articulating his uh, his way, and since there was a lot to talk about, um, I decided to make this an extra long episode, and in fact, a two part episode. So, in addition to this uh, this week, there will be a second part next week, where we follow up on some of these ideas and talk about some others. Okay, so let me just board this. Uh, Moscow Metro train, and then we'll talk to Doug. So for young, um, the process of, we're here to fulfill the process of individuation, which is learning all the things that we need to learn to become healthy, functioning members of our family and then our community, mm-hmm. being able to bear responsibility. And Peterson is deep, he's, he's actually kind of the deepest Jungian interpreter that I found, because okay. he's it digested Jung, I think, at a level that few uh, psych- psychotherapists I've seen have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then he can come up with his own original insights but they're they're rooted in what he's understood from Young because because Young understood some fundamentals that are just true. Yeah, and so one of his fundamentals about we're here to individuate, and the the self, capital S, which was one of his arch- the central archetype in the human psyche, mm-hmm. um, is contains all of our possible development, whatever it might be possible for a human for a, a, an individual to become over any length of time. Okay. And Jung believed that there had to be life beyond the death of the physical body because the psyche is Mm non-physical and it's designed to grow. And he said in a single lifetime, it could only fill an infinitesimal fraction of its potential. Okay. And he couldn't, he said the psyche is the greatest mystery in creation. The human psyche Uh is the greatest mystery in creation. He said he couldn't fathom uh, something in the being created in the universe because everything else in the universe, it does... It fulfills itself on, it, on some sense. Everything that what it, what is programmed in it, like in the seed that becomes, or the right. acorn that becomes the oak tree, right? right? It reaches its full potential right. by design. Yep. And so he couldn't imagine the human psyche with all of that potential that could never even come close to being fulfilled in one lifetime. Right. Suddenly ending so that there was no possibility that any human psyche would ever fulfill its potential. Gotcha. He said, so there had, for that reason, he said, he had to believe, and because the psyche is non-physical, it has he to had move to on. believe that 
in some way, the psyche would continue that process of development. He never and said what, how. Oh, he didn't? No, no. And some people, you know, like some of the traditions look and they say, well, it's in reincarnation, and, yeah. you know, this and that. And, you know, some, some think that, well, you die here and then you're in a more subtle body, and you, but the process continues. What's your belief about that? Um, well, I believe that it does continue. I don't believe or disbelieve in reincarnation. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what to think, but, but I, I'm convinced that we there is some kind of survival and that we do continue to develop and grow mm -hmm. just for for my own you know personal life experiences you know allowed me to come to that conclusion mm -hmm. so we're here we're here to individuate and you individ you be you become a functioning member of your family and then your your community uh and then you individuate beyond it because it okay. oh, those always contain limitations that will prevent your growth right Right. And and systems, family systems, community systems, political system, any kind of system uh, always uh, gives people uh, an arena to act out and experiment and act and develop. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And then at a certain point, it contains them. There's no more growth possible. Yep. And at that point, the individual needs to individuate out. And if you don't, essentially, you will regress. Right. You know, or you'll you'll stagnate. Yeah, you, 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 the process of growth will stop at a certain point where that happens, right? Um, and that's like an axiom, right? Uh huh. So, uh, individuating, individuating out of those systems is the design of human beings. That, okay. like, that's required. That's why he said you have to leave the lonely for the, the lonely. He called it the lonely path of individuation. Mm -hmm. It requires you to leave the safety of the herd. Right. You have to go out into the unknown and encounter life directly. Ernest Becker talks about that in really brilliant terms as well. The denial of death. Denial of death, yeah, okay. we're absolutely worth reading. So, but he said that um, when somebody gets on the wrong track mm -hmm. and they either start to devolve, degenerate, mm -hmm. you know, essentially there, there is a correct life process that we're meant to follow. And, and, and it is, you know, uh, it is really, I think, defined by ethics higher value you know values that are enduringly true mm -hmm. um and that's what all the spiritual traditions have been trying to articulate right so if you start to go down the wrong path the deep self the self that is your the where all of your potential lies okay and it's there actually having some influence on you it's in the unconscious so you're not conscious of it but you can have experiences there are experiences of the self and it can happen with profound insights. Because mm -hmm. if you have profound insight, if you really notice, you can't actually take credit for it. Right. It, it popped into your showed head. up, yeah. Right. You were ready for it. You could recognize it. But yeah. you didn't manufacture it. Right. Those would be emanations of the deep self giving you okay. cues. Okay. Right? When you're ready. Probably gives us all kinds of cues that we're not ready that we just don't right. really notice. But if So if you're off the path, according to Jung, mm -hmm. what, what kind of signals are you getting? Well, you'll start to get... Um, Red flags. Okay. So, and in a way, this is, you know, sort of, uh, you know, that whole thing like if you, you know, first you get a stop sign, well, first you get a yellow light and then you get a stop sign and then you don't pay, and then you eventually you're going to hit, run right into a wall. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so Jung talked about the psyche, it starts setting you up for lessons and consequence you will you set yourself up for the consequences right but he's young actually said and i can't remember where it was but that 
the psyche will even take you out mm -hmm. if you refuse to get the lessons. It will actually set you up and cause you to die. Wow. So he, I think he mentioned, it might, that might be in his memory, you know, some friend who was getting having dreams about who's a mountain climber climbing mountains and then he would fly off into space right and, mm -hmm. and you realize that's a danger sign he said be careful mm. and the guy went mountain climbing six months later and fell off the mountain and died because um, he wasn't paying attention he wasn't he listening yeah. and that's the young thing is you have to listen to the self you have to develop a relationship with the unconscious where mm -hmm. the self is because that's that's where the core of who you are is and if you're always just focused out in the world and never focused here, you'll never have a real rudder yeah. to navigate through life, right? right? So he said that that's what happens. Does um, he prescribe any uh, techniques or tools for doing well, that? Well, part of it is just understanding those things. You yeah. have to start to engage in, in relationship with the unconscious and with the self okay. and start to want to understand yep. more about who you are. And, and, and of course, a lot of people don't because you don't want, you, and you always have to go like, he had, he had one quote, uh, the enlightenment is not about imagining figures of light, but about making the darkness conscious. So mm -hmm. Jung introduced the concept of the shadow. And for him, <clears throat> oh, and there's no growth without a crisis in consciousness. That's another one of his <clears throat> sort of aphoristic sayings there is no growth without yeah. a crisis in consciousness and what that means and that has been true in my experience and i think it you, we can see it you know a lot of places that you look that <clears throat> anytime you have a, a a really profound and fundamental shift into a next level of consciousness it's usually preceded by some kind of crisis there's mm -hmm. a build-up and there's a catharsis mm -hmm. right do you think that's the only way to arrive there do you think there's a there's a way that you could either be gifted with Enlightenment, or have, no, ha, or not have... without. And and this is time. This is my conviction because I I I can't tell you how many people I I have seen and known who call themselves enlightened. Right. Uh, who? Well, I don't mean the ones who claim enlightenment, but yeah. I mean, uh, do you think that there's a way that consciousness could arrive without struggle? Like a, no, a, no, absolutely, I mean, it has to be. Crisis. It has to, and okay. and that's whole thing. Yeah, part of Jung's psychology is um, consciousness comes from the friction of the individual's encounter with experience mm -hmm. that is challenging and disturbing. And what happens is, like if you're, a, if you're just a baby in the womb and everything's fine, you don't have to be conscious. You're just yeah. sort of like bathing in, you know, right. bathing in the amniotic fluids in a kind of a, you know, bliss. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, that, that has happened. And then when you're an infant, and you can do that, right? But at a certain point, if you aren't challenged, you will remain in levels of unconsciousness mm -hmm. and things will start to go really wrong. Right. So you have to be challenged and confronted with difficulty, just, just the nature of life. The, the friction that you encounter with something that's beyond your understanding, mm -hmm. Peterson would call it, you know, with the unknown, with chaos. Yeah. And I think, I, I think he saw something where he said it's like, chaos is where something like, you know, the unconscious part of you bumps in to something beyond its comprehension and it can't move forward mm -hmm. and it's stopped and it has to now start to struggle to understand what's going on. What, what is this, right? Yeah. That's the beginning of consciousness. Okay. So next levels of consciousness always involve bumping into chaos yeah. in Peterson's term. His, his whole thing with elaboration of what chaos and order are, I think is just one of his most brilliant contributions and it's completely in line with Jungian ideas mm -hmm. that was kind of Peterson's sort of really 
personal understanding of something in a way that I think is invaluable. Mm. So without that process, you can't go to a next level. And so for Young, it was about facing the shadow. Okay. That you always, that the shadow is the most dangerous force on the planet. The shadow self? The or, shadow, or yeah, just, the, the shadow self. The, all the things about ourselves that we general. refuse to face and all the sh stuff, the, the negative things about us or the things we fear may be true about us that mm -hmm. we don't know if they are or not that we don't want to look at mm -hmm. because they make us too uncomfortable and we'd rather stay in safe in some little bubble. Right. You know, whether it's a herd, an ideology, a tribe. Or a, a presentation cult. of ourselves. That, yeah, exactly. Right. Or a persona right. that that we work to make look really good. Yeah. But we don't really know what's Feel going it. on and what's driving it. Um, it will always create chaos. More chaos, right? yeah. And so, and it's, now it's called, you know, his greatest fear from the end of his life was that that we now have the power to end life on Other earth life. and yeah, all human life. and all existence with yeah. nuclear weapons and the shadow is the thing that that might make that happen yeah because if we don't look at our own shadow if we don't begin and that's the thing about 12 stuff is so great it's like you go down you start to look at your stuff yep and your your stuff and if you don't look at that and come to terms with it and see what you need to do and then struggle with that and go through that pain because whatever you're afraid to face in yourself yeah um you can't operate outside of certain parameters that are extremely limited right. and essentially unreal or delusional yeah. because you're not operating based on really knowing who you are. Yeah, you're operating so, out of a, a, a lie to begin with. Yeah, like yeah. The yeah. whole foundation is a yeah. lie. And based in, in an immature fear of knowing the truth. Right. Or even being willing to look, right? Right. And so how prepared are you to encounter life? So what you do is you, because you can't escape the shadow, mm -hmm. you can repress it, you can refuse to look at it, but what happens is you'll project it onto others, right? And then you'll demonize them, and that's the way you're trying to get off the hook. Yep. And you can be righteous, <laughs> and well, they're the problem. I'm totally fine, right? Well, what's that going to create? Well, the kind of civilization that we've got yeah. right now, animosity are... and divisiveness, and yeah. team taking, and right, um, and also. It's been fairly, well, it's somewhat basic psychology, I think, by now, that whatever you see in others, whatever sort of criticism you have for mm -hmm. others, mm -hmm. is likely a reflection of your own something, some, yes. something going on with and you. It, can be, it may I not think, be a literal match with what you see, yeah. but, it, but it's based in the same sort of insecurity or the same fear. Yeah, and I would say, I would say, I would qualify that by saying, I think when you've actually are going through a real individuation process and you've really consciously and intentionally looked at your stuff and worked to resolve it, to withdraw the projections, mm -hmm. as Jung would say, right. to become more conscious, um, then you've seen your stuff. And, and then you, know, you can see things in other people and you're seeing real things. And then it, it's not necessarily projection because you may be recognizing in them something about the way that you have been. Mm -hmm. And I think the the determining factor of whether it's a projection or just a real insight about somebody else's, you know, behavior, nature, whatever, is that with the projection of the shadow, there's usually this sort of righteous, mm -hmm. judgmental yeah, yeah. quality. Yeah, you can feel it if you're doing it. If you if you're looking. Yeah. You, if you can, if you're paying attention and you do it, you will notice that you've done it. Yeah, and the more and the more individuated you become, the more you'll you'll get a sense of compassionate 
mm-hmm. awareness of them rather than righteous judgment, judgment and yeah. condemnation. Right. Right. So, so anyway, so for Jung, at the most extreme danger points for an individual, or it applies collectively, mm-hmm. um, to stop someone from essentially marching over the edge into their abyss because they're so unwilling to see what they need to see. Right. Right. The the psyche will release shadow con- content into consciousness. Huh. Right. And he called that uh, the God. God, what was the what was the term? Um, an eruption of shadow material from the unconscious. It's an eruption, like a volcano. Okay. It will just spontaneously happen, and all the stuff will pour in. And that's like. Extreme danger, you know, danger, yeah. Will Robinson, it's right? all it's the like, red flags. This is, you know, this, you have to see this because if you don't look at this and take this into account, you're, you're this is your last march. warning. This yeah. is, a, yeah, this is a late stage warning yeah. and it must be paid attention to. Right. And if you ignore those warnings, mm-hmm. basically you can disintegrate and individuals can disintegrate into, you know, a psychosis, uh, uh, total regression into infantile states right. where they're no longer actually capable of really meeting the challenges of life. And then, and then they're easily uh, exploited. They can become tools of somebody else's ideology or somebody yep. else's intentions because they have no authentic self right. to guide them, right? Yeah, and so Warriors so, of chaos. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And they can become functions of that, fanatics, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so to me, what, you know, at that point of seeing where the election was going, and I just realized, because I just sent like a, a, ter- a term that I came to f- for many years ago was perfect process, mm-hmm. where I just noticed that I had my plans and I'm on my path. And then things will happen that are unexpected that I didn't plan things that looked really bad actually turn out to have served some greater purpose that I couldn't couldn't see from where I was mm-hmm. and there was oh it's perfect process there is I do have a sense that there is this meaning um or principle based uh cosmos okay you know we see it at you know at the micro level of atomic structure and everything building up from there and the way plants and you know, plants are integrated with animal life on the planet. It's like just everything does somehow seem to be integrated and working together. Right. So, uh, so I just had that sense of, um, oh, what's happening right now in our time is we've had corrupt government, well, forever. Forever. You know, and we've had really corrupt government for decades. Mm-hmm. You know, once and once the CIA started taking over behind the scenes and all this stuff started happening, and very few people have really taken that and looked to find out about it Mm -hmm. and taken it into account and are conscious of it, right? right? And as a result, we've we've been moving toward, we've been moving toward this precipice, very dangerous preface, preface, and it has everything to do with, you know, everything from global pollution, mismanaging the environment, having really skewed priorities where we think we can, you know, whatever, taking over other countries, destabilizing other countries, all the Mm -hmm. things that are really... That any tradition from, you know, Greek philosophy to, uh, you know, all, you know, Buddhism, Christianity, probably Islam, I'm not familiar with Islam, but I know there are, you know, there are principles in that. Um, You have to abide by principles. And if you don't, then you're participating in evil. Okay. Right? There's just that sense. Yeah. People could skew that. But that's... What's been happening is, you know, it's like, you know, we overthrew 
Iran. You know, we, we had this uh, Allende assassinated, CIA mm-hmm. assassinated Allende. We had a coup, democratic elected thing. It was like all the stuff that's been going on that is absolutely unethical, you yeah. know, and absolutely, you would say, in moral terms, participation in evil, mm-hmm. right? Violation of fundamental human principles. Right. Um, if, you, if you continue to do that, everything is going to essentially disintegrate into chaos. Mm-hmm. And so the last, so I realized, you know, when watching it, so because the problem is that so many people have been oblivious to that and denial of that, absolutely not wanting to be aware of that to the point to where they will shout down and condemn and attack someone who brings it up right. for consideration, right. right? Yeah. So that level of denial is pathological and dangerous. Yeah, I agree. That, that's like the last ledge before the abyss. So I just had that sense of perfect process. Oh, what we're experiencing now is a, a, a eruption of the collective shadow into collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. Everything is now being revealed for what it is. Yeah. And before it was all happening covert behind the scenes. Right. But somehow with the Sanders phenomenon of all the consciousness that he raised, the issues that he raised, people starting to really become really politically active, which yeah. hadn't happened really for a long time. Right. Um, Something was happening, and it became harder for I would we'll just call it the deep state corp the corporate deep state system, which now had co-opted the DNC, mm-hmm. um, and I mean it co-opted the Republicans too. So I'm not a Republican. Both parties are absolutely corrupt. I just think right now, the DNC has become the most dangerous party. And my problem with the Republican Party is, 
for once in my lifetime, it seems to actually be on the right side of particular issues. Mm. But it's been doing the same thing and it's done the same thing in its turn, just not to this extreme. And it can't acknowledge that either. Right. So the refusal for that side to acknowledge, it's like it's not going to get resolved until everybody can lay it all on the table and right. acknowledge the mutual accountability of everyone. Right. And, the, and creating the situation that we have now. So how do you see that? Because that's what, I mean, that's a reckoning. That's what a reckoning is, yeah, yeah. right? We're, mm-hmm. we're looking at what we've done, what we've right. created. And what, what, where does this... Well, here's, okay, so here's where, here's where it goes. So recognizing that what we're seeing now is an eruption of the collective sh- shadow mm-hmm. into collective consciousness. Right. Now, for an individual, what Jung talks about is when that happens to an individual, when there's a sudden eruption of all of this overwhelming material that it has spent a lifetime repressing because yeah. it was too threatening, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, when the when the threat of continuing in repression becomes too lethal, yeah. like when the consequences will be absolutely catastrophic, yep. then the self will release material into consciousness is like danger yeah, yeah. you know you got to stop look look here it is here it is right? right well if somebody refuses to take it in at that point yeah that's when they can have a psychosis they can go into extreme regression so how do you see it playing out on a collective level if, well if a big percentage of people aren't paying, aren't looking at that well here's so here's here's what came to me around that was one is recognizing oh this actually does match the Jungian model this really is what what we're seeing it's mm-hmm. an eruption of everything because now the deep state which has been in the corporate whatever has been hiding in the shadows doing things behind the scenes and making the scenery look really good so it looked like we were in you know still on the garden or whatever right, right? now everything is coming out and things that were before done behind the scenes out of sight are now being done in the open for anyone who's willing to see it, to see it. And the only reason that now someone would not see it is if they didn't want to be interested, right? Yeah. And so this this is the possibility of this time and this is the process in this cycle is I think that that's where we are. We're in the time when everything is just being it's the eruption of the unconscious repressed shadow material of the darkness right you know every all the the diabolical stuff that has been done behind the scenes right. that we benefited from or that you know other pe- people have suffered from yep. um, to take it into account and if it's not taken into account and so I realized oh that's the real election mm-hmm. what we're seeing now what what's ha- what we're having now from my understanding is that the collective, you know, America and even, you know, to, to, to some degrees, uh, whatever other places are available for this information, mm-hmm. um, have an opportunity to just face what's there, recognize it for what it is, and actually make a decision based on reality right. and based on principles. So, what I mean, if the model, if the Jungian model for the individual is that the psyche will actually end your life if you don't pay yeah. attention to these things. What does that look like in a collective sense? Is well, it just going to be like a shedding of of humanity where like anybody not really looking is going to get... Wiped? No, no. What I think what I think it is is that um, there... 
here's my sense, and this is, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you call it metaphysical. It's metaphysical, psychological in a way, mm. is that what's happening now is the collective, we're, we're reaching a, a really perilous point right. in human history. Because I think, I've, I've been watching politics since I was young. Yeah. And I've never seen anything at the level of magnitude of what's going on the last two years. Yeah. It's, it was an eruption. Yeah. Bernie triggered it. Mm. Right. And to me, that's my sense of like, that's why I'm really just ha kind of hold them as still there's there was a there was a hero there. Yeah. Who did this noble deed. And even if he fell, he kind of lit he, he something. He left something. Right? Yeah, he left a legacy. Yeah. And so that's that's a great service. And now there's a process that sort of got ignited through him mm -hmm. that nobody can put out and it's playing out okay. and it's going to play out. And I, th I think in either one of two directions, it's either going to go the way that you know, any culture that has degenerated into a totalitarian system mm -hmm. has gone. I mean, you say the Third Reich, you know, Soviet communism, right. you know, Chairman Mao, Cultural so Revolution. military police and imprisonment and Yeah, and nonstop like, propaganda, okay. you know, all, all that stuff. You know, mm -hmm. the, the abandonment of actual democratic principles and okay. constitutional principles. So that's right? one option. That's one. And if you do that, then it's going to be a regression into an, an era of darkness like we have seen in other cultures. Right. That's, you know, that's the way that cycle goes. Right. And it only goes there if people allow to go there. Right. Because they're not actually conscious enough to see what's happening and courageous enough to stand do up something against it. it right. right? Okay. And that's what needs, that's the vote. And so it's like, if people do that, then it will be a kind of revolution. Mm -hmm. And I don't think like I don't think it is meant to be a violent revolution like other revolutions because I think that always plays out the same way. Yeah. But a revolution of people actually becoming conscious at this late stage of what's happening and realizing the point that we're at, and and making a stand against it, yeah. stepping individuating out of. The group thinking. The group thinking yeah. that's actually leading them down that path. Right. And so to me, it's like I, I just realized, oh, that's what's happening. Everybody's being given an opportunity to see the the ugly reality that's been hidden behind the scenes yep. and um, take it in and become actually conscious. And if, and if enough people do that, I think history will change. Yeah. In this culture on the planet, I think that's the kind of moment that we're in. Not magically, right? but because anytime there's a consensus in understanding mm -hmm. um, something new, that's evolution. Right. right? That's individuate. A culture can individuate if enough individuals individuate right. out of that system's tribal ideologies. It. But right? do, you think, do you think it can only happen in the political realm or do you think it's no I mean, no it's got to happen no but i know it could because when you reach the if you access another level of consciousness thing if you individuate beyond where you're into a wider you know, expansion yeah. of consciousness is able to contain the information mm -hmm. and actually un understand it take it in yeah without it just being too overwhelming so that you collapse and that's why you have to develop some kind of psychological strength and i think people who are doing you know work to do that is really necessary and that's just looking at the self and exploring yeah, uh, yeah looking your, at your own yeah exactly it's yeah. like 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 12 step does yeah you know you go through the you know the life you know you you look at your life history and you know what happened right. to you and then but but that's such a small percentage of people i mean that's what i always felt when i was in recovery i was like this is a cool model it's it works if you use it well mm -hmm. uh 
only a tiny fraction of the people even within the rooms of recovery are using yeah. the model effectively. Yes. So what about all the millions or billions of people right. who don't have anything like that? They don't have right. well, any so kind of model. Here's what I think. Because we've actually evolved to a point way beyond where we started out. You know, so let's say back in primeval times. Okay. Like, so this has been, this process has been going on. For sure. You know, we, and, you know, it sort of culminated in the brilliance of Greek idea, understanding yeah. of certain things and, you know, uh, their political thing. And even they fell short and betrayed it when they, yeah. you know, killed Socrates for telling the truth, right? It always happens, right? Yeah. But things get moved forward. So, and my sense, like, it, it, what applies to the individual applies to the collective. So if I look back at my life, every shift that I've had into a next level always involves some kind of crisis in consciousness, as Jung said, right. where I suddenly became aware of things that I hadn't been aware of because now I developed to a point where I could actually meet them right and face them and but it can a crisis of consciousness can be a subtle thing too right it doesn't have to be it something because it, it can't because it sounds like it's a it has to be this sort of you know cataclysmic happening that yeah like blows well, actually, your mind wide open yeah yeah but I, here's the thing i think right now what we're seeing is a cataclysmic happening this for sure but i'm talking yeah. about like on the personal level no, couldn't, the couldn't personal you have level. just like a a, a small yeah, intuition some, that led to a yeah. revelation that led to a shift in your behavior yeah. that that opened your consciousness. Yeah. I think that yeah, I think that's possible. Mm -hmm. I think the likelihood of that happening is more likely for people who've been relatively well raised sort of with in ethics and tradition. Yeah. That weren't completely messed up by, you know, horrible family dysfunction and abuse and whatever. Or well but or maybe it's just could it just be that an individual either had that internal, you know, compass, or had maybe yes. one one model or something. Yes, no, I think that's, I, I think that's yeah. Because I feel like family dysfunction is pretty, universal. pretty universal. Yeah, uh, so, some form or another. There's yeah. some way in which you don't quite jibe with. Yeah, the usually your parents. Or, yeah, you know, but um, but I feel like you can come out of that dysfunction. You can individu individuate out of that group, which yeah, you didn't want to be a part of in the first right. place, maybe. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I feel like if you're looking, if you're looking at stuff all the time, yeah. which I feel like I do, and maybe it's because I was taught to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's how you can actually accelerate and elevate your consciousness yes. in in regular increments. Just yes. kind of all I totally the time, agree. like taking I, it no, in. Yes, just I think that's absolutely true. Mm. And I think the people for whom it happens that way are a minority. Yeah, right, that's for sure. And so that's just the nature of what is. But yes, I think a lot of people do do that. You still go through a kind of a crisis because you're suddenly looking at things and realizing that what you're yeah. kind of navigating with is actually not reliable. And yeah, that's, suddenly... that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is that the crisis could actually be just sort of a, an eye-opening experience that isn't, it's, it doesn't necessarily feel like this massive struggle. Yes. But, it, but it's a shift based on yes. the old system not working and yeah. the revelation of this new system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think um, right now for the collective, let's say in America, in the place we've come to, mm -hmm. it is so extreme that it already is catastrophic yeah. on some level, even if it hasn't produced catastrophic consequences like millions of people dying well it's produced you know regular gun violence in this country like so regular that it's now well almost overlooked yeah gun violence addiction um yeah, but a lot of it is of... is that the forces that are actually operating through the systems we have behind the scenes are so corrupt and in many ways diabolical mm -hmm. that um that 
it, they've got a stranglehold on everything. A lot on some of things, level. yeah. So there's going to be some kind of crisis that we haven't come to. It's like hitting bottom. Right. Actually, that was an insight I had when I first started doing 12-step 12, 12 stuff. I went to a, a, a study uh, a study group. It was seven weeks, two hours a night, somebody talk. And I remember, because I was struggling with the, that was about, God, 15 years ago, 15 mm -hmm. years ago. And I was already like struggling with the state of the world and things I was seeing. It's like, that's just been a, a part of my character yeah. just from my upbringing, right? And so yeah. looking and seeing the insanity and why things people are doing the way to do. Same know, here, yeah. To do. And then, and I had this epiphany. And it was kind of, it was like, oh, I get it. The world is an alcoholic that hasn't hit bottom yet. <laughs> Right? Nice. That's a good line. So there's something about yeah. hitting bottom. Yeah. So hitting bottom is a crisis. Yeah. And for people who can't evolve in a natural progression the way you're describing, which can happen, mm -hmm. and people can do that, for people who can't, it usually takes some kind of bottom. Yeah. And because the collective, and this is Freudian and Jungian psychology, because the collective is always reduced to the level of basically the lowest the common lowest. denominator, which mm -hmm. makes it easily susceptible to becoming mobs. Right. Um, because of that, I think for the collective, it's going to require some kind of bottom because we've got a collective that's polarized and regressed into yep. tribal mentality. Mm -hmm. And the means justifies the end. No more ethics, no more principles. You can, you mention them. Right. You know, the, you, you say them to make yourself look good. Yeah. But the real mode of driving people now, it seems, at least since the election was, our side has to win at any cost because we're right and they're wrong. Yep. And so anything that allows us to win is acceptable. Fair game. Yeah. Because, because the stakes are so great. Right? Yeah. And but because then, we're on the right side of exactly the value system so, and that's, we, and so that's, we believe yeah and that's basically a rejection of ethics and values right. at a fundamental level completely and, yeah. and to do that is the most dangerous thing that can happen yeah you're on the edge of the groups. cliff already and, and of cliff. closing your eyes and running forward yeah so i so i so i just had that that thing of realizing oh right this is the eruption of of the shadow material into the collective consciousness mm -hmm. it's it's a warning that okay here it is it's now there anybody can see it and it's going to be here for a while. Yeah. And it's going to be here, I think, long enough for everybody, almost to everybody <laughs> to finally choose one or the other. Mm. Either repression and denial and persistence in this tribalistic, infant, you know, infantile mentality. Yep. Or wake up, recognize it, take on. And, then, you know, what, what appears to me you know, about, you know, taking on the burden of the world mm -hmm. in the sense of choosing to become responsible for what you see and understand and then living that out yep. and, and that being something that creates a ripple effect, right? Because right. I, I think that's profoundly true. I think that's kind of the only way it works. I'm coming to yeah. find that that's, yeah. that is sort of the only way because you, yeah. you can't go in and change somebody's mind for them. But sure. but you can model the behavior that you believe to be that's right. you know righteous yeah. and not not righteous in a, in a like in a in putting others that's down right. way but just it's the right way the to be the authentic meaning it's, of the of the word yeah that's right You're, and um, if you can do that authentically uh, people will notice yeah. no matter what like no matter what yeah. line of work you in no matter yeah. no matter what that's your right. circle people yeah. will notice and, and that's what makes you real yeah instead of a function of somebody else's ideas or some ideology yep. or some group thing 
that and you haven't even digested, but you're just clinging to you're because just you're afraid it. to be alone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then when you see it, you see somebody being authentically who they are, and it looks like they like that. That's they like right. that life. It kind of gives people permission <clears throat> to do it themselves. To do the same That's animal, exactly right? Yeah. Yep. And so that was, you know, it's for both. me, just seeing that, that I think we're in a cycle that's going to persist and that this is really that humanity and especially this country but it's actually europe too i mean it's happening all over yep. but, you know i'm here i'm an american i've been raised born and raised here yeah i've lived outside the country for a few years but basically you know this is this is to me the the always is the hot spot the central core of of the planet in terms of the power structure the thing that has the most yeah. influence that makes that sort of sets the tone for how things happen around the world. Yeah. And so... It has been since World War II, right? Right, exactly. And yeah. so I think that's um, that's where we're at. And we're kind of waiting for the collective to come to a consensus. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be one or the other. I'm personally, I was, I was calling myself, I'm a long-term optimist. Okay. I'm not, a, I'm not a pessimist. I'm not cynical. Okay. Um, but I actually see, oh, that's what this is about. Once I realized that was what that was about... And I was like, okay, that's, you know, that I have no power over the decision that every individual will make in this, right. in this thing, this process. Or even over now. any single one of those individuals. Exactly. Yeah. And so what I can do is just what you were saying. It's like, if I just live my ethics, yeah. my principle, if I embody yeah. my understanding and actually live it yep. in these conditions, yeah. now my vote is clear. You know, that's all I can do. That's true. Yeah. And if you're supposed to do something else, then you'll be shown one way or another and you'll be able to proceed. But that's the fundamental decision that everybody, I think, is required to make, especially at a time like this. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, the fate of the world depends on the outcome of this election. Oh. <laughs> and and when I got that, it was like, oh, okay, right. It just gave me a little bit more. And I'm still, I mean, still, I'm talking with my partner last week. It's like, uh, for the last two years... I've been living with this sense of agitation. Mm -hmm. I'm like a 40-year meditator. Right. You know, I've done, I've got you all, lead you know, meditation. I've done all this stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I have all these tools. Right. And, you know, I can do deeper light. It's Buddhist like I've, principles I've been doing all this stuff. Disposal. Yeah. And I'm pushed right to my edge. Yeah. You know, and so I know a lot of people are pushed to their edge and even over their edge. Yeah, for sure. But I'm, it's like, it's, it's not go. I just actually really, like this came to this a few days. It's like I realized this level of, pressure intensity agitation mm -hmm. that that has just been that i've just been living with for the last couple of years i've sort of acclimated yep. but i realize it's not going away yeah my job and this is again the young in like a, a totally not the young in ideas my job i just realized my job is to this is what i'm being given to integrate mm -hmm. anytime you're feeling this kind of disturbance it's something in the unknown from the unconscious you're seeing something that you don't quite understand you can't really fully fathom right it's just overwhelming and when you become conscious of it that's what you're meant to digest and if you take that in and do your work with it yeah that's your mana for future development okay then you can expand to contain it, mm -hmm. right? And now you've grown. That's the Jungian model. That's how okay. things work. So I just realized, right, that's my job. It's like, otherwise I'm just, you know, like ongoing frustration, agitation, irritation, right. like, you know, why is this happening? Why do people, why are they doing this? And it's like, just do your work with yeah. what you're becoming conscious of. And then you expand and you'll be able to contain it. 
and that's why you're here. what's come to you it's yours yeah. you do that you've done your part yeah. and every individual does their part does something for the whole that's as much as you can do and so it was like that's actually been really helpful because it's like otherwise you're struggling with something that is so monumental yeah and the consequences seem so potentially catastrophic right and and they're out of your control but don't so you, the, I yeah. feel, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I, yeah. I feel like people, I feel like individuals feel that way about themselves in looking yeah. at themselves. They feel yeah. like it's so monumental and too yeah. much to tackle. And that's yeah. why they're, they just continue right. to divert. Like, yeah. I'm just going to go back and shop some more and watch right. some more TV and right. forget about it right. or drink it away or whatever. Yeah. But if I feel like this, even the idea that like in order to be on the path, you have to be. You have to be looking. You have to be willing to look at yeah. yourself. That's right. That scares the shit out of people. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it seems like they're. I had something I wanted a point I wanted to make about the the reason that an individual would be so daunted by the by yeah. the task of participating in any sort of uh, resistance to the to the machine yeah. or the collective yeah. thing yeah. that they just go right. But like it's just like a switch. Like well. It's just too hard. I'm going. Yeah, I'm just going to right. default back to the easy road. Right. And I feel like people are just all the time participating in that. Every time they shop at Amazon or shop at any like yeah. or buy a Nestle product, like as they rape the water from the earth, and you know. Yeah. And it's really hard to be conscious all the time of that stuff and be conscientious right. enough to say, no, I'm going to stop eating Hagen Dazs, even though I really love it. Uh, because it's made by Nestle, you know, oh. and that's my, that's my, yeah. and, and also yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, San Pellegrino is now owned by Nestle. And wow. I think people yeah. should know these things and stop that's buying right. those products yeah. because we're, we're supporting yeah. the, the, those awful evil yeah. machines. Yes. And that's, and that's to me, that's another part of it. So actually another, uh, I would say the third important psychologist that I've really drawn incredible value from is Alice Miller. Mm -hmm. So Alice Miller uh, her masterwork, which I highly recommend, is a book called Thou Shalt Not Be Aware. Okay. And that, she says, is the, the, the dictum of all groups mm. that they want to inculcate you into uh, essentially worldview that serves the group. Right. But 
they don't you're not supposed to be aware of things that can challenge the way things operate it's or just like what you started with with the the thing that became a cult started out as a, yeah. it's the exact same right so one of so that's that's them. the nature of it right so but then one of her one of her uh, essential uh, ideas is what she calls the compassionate witness mm-hmm. and she Heard says for anybody's healing journey uh, requires the the presence of compassion, which which is someone who sees you as you are mm-hmm. without judgment, sees your dark side, your light side, your foibles, yep. your you know, and just accept all, all that stuff, and recognizes that you're a human being going through a process that's more than you can really account for, uh-huh. and you're always in over your head, right. and you're always going to make mistakes, but if you're struggling in the right direction, eventually you'll get there, but you need somebody who can hold you in that way. Right. And if, and what happens to most, you know, most people generally is, you know, people see you and they're seeing you in judgment, and then, and that inhibits you, and that makes yep. more chaos for you. And, and you never want to speak up again about... The, right. The most, so I. Know, so to me, that for parts. years has been like uh, just that idea of right that you know to try as best you can to be one first the compassionate witness for yourself, and that's a huge shift when that yeah. happens. And it's and that that's what allows you to look at your shadow without being so without overwhelmed judgment. with guilt and yeah, and shame. all that to recognize in that model. Right. So to be a compassionate witness for yourself is the first thing right. that allows you. To begin to actually develop and and come together in a way and and develop authentic self awareness. How many people do you know who can successfully do that? Be uh, compassionate witness to themselves. Do you, are you yeah, able some. to? Yeah, you know, yeah, I think I have. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I actually, yeah, I do. Okay. And so, and and to me, what now? You know, what I've been sort of struggling with the last couple of years is how do I be a compassionate witness for, for others, others in the collective what I'm seeing because I'll see you know people that I know going along with things or yeah. doing things and then it's like it stirs up my irritation and then my judgment yeah and then i'm like really angry and then i'm thinking okay well this is doing nothing it's like okay how do we get to the point it's like to you know you have to have a model to try and grow into mm-hmm. that allows you to actually grow and relate rightly to what you're aware of okay right and so to me that's like that's what i do my best to hold myself to, and it's always a, it's a real struggle the yeah. last couple of years. But I've actually made you know I've made progress because I have that model, and I can and because I have enough self awareness, I can see when I'm like just start to you know grinding my teeth and irritation, yeah. and I'm just projecting anger and judgment, and it's like I can catch myself and go okay, okay, I gotta take that in. Like I gotta digest that now. I gotta like how do I reframe this? And yeah. So I've got enough tools. You use your tools, right? For but for you, is the, are the tools? I mean, do you fall back on the Jungian? The model most. Well, well here's the thing. The uh, it's not that I fall back, back on it. Um, I've, you know, I've been engaged practices and, you know, I would say in, in psychological traditions because so young has been invaluable. Uh-huh. Eastern stuff has been invaluable. I've actually had uh, a number of years of a deep immersion in what I would call authentic. I hate to call it Christianity, but understanding the principles of the Gospels that were represented right. in the figure of Christ. Well, that's what I was going to say. When, when you're talking about the Jungian model, it sounds very much like the Christ model of just in yeah. terms of the compassion and you know, yeah. like you you and going into the world just being your best self and yes. and living without judgment of others, speaking truth to power. Yeah, uh, not being not being willing to betray the truth to save your own life. Right. Um, but also being fully human, like, you know, overturning the 
temp the tables and the money and the and the temple, you know, the right. money tables, right? The money changers. Uh -huh. So that so Christ, uh, uh, Young actually called Christ the first new man. Okay, and he saw that that whole birth of the the myth of Christ, who may or may not have been a real figure. We we think he was, mm -hmm. and, and Young's thing was. Psychic reality is reality. And so he's like, even if Christ was not a real human being, that a figure of the Christ that we have and with all those ideals and mm -hmm. values and the ethos that he represented was a breakthrough in human consciousness to a new level. Right, okay. And so therefore, it is real. It's real, yeah. Because it comes from the collective. Yeah. And it's actually had an effect. And even if it's kind of gotten perverted and corrupted in many ways, Yep. Um, those values has. have not been corrupted, no. but the, the tradition, you know, that established itself out of that, you know, the church, you know, which started to sell out to state powers and yeah. you know, yada, yada, whatever. Yeah. Um, that fact is, he said, that's the, he, he's the first new man. He's a model of what it's possible for a human being to become right. based on a kind of ethos that did not really exist prior to that right. in a, a fully integrated human figure. Well, it's it's the it's the God ethos, isn't it? I mean, isn't it the isn't that the missing, or at least the way yeah, that I guess it's told was... through a religious lens? And and even if you took religion out of it, you could take a spiritual lens and say, and you don't have yeah, to call it yeah. God, but yeah, yeah, it, whatever yeah, yeah, the source yeah. or creator. Yeah, or, exactly. And that the individual's relation, and you know, Christ was immensely helpful to me mm -hmm. in terms of humility because we've seen these all these spiritual figures who become completely inflated young right. term and then disintegrate mm -hmm. and cause immense harm to the people who trust them and yeah. follow them right. right well the you know to me i look at you know when christ said of myself i have no power my teaching is not my own it is it is uh it is that of you know the one who sent me mm -hmm. so i own i have no power all that I do, it is not I who do the works, but the Father, the higher power, where, where the source of all power, that does the works through me. Right. So in a way, that's a statement of humility. Mm -hmm. That's not inflation. Right. It's somebody who's yoked to a greater purpose and a greater source yep. that gives it a transcendent perspective that allows it to operate beyond petty, egoic, narcissistic kind of predatory right. concerns that, that were considered acceptable Pretty much throughout history, right. but also it's wholly inclusive. That's the that's yes. the other thing. That's is right. that Like he wanted everybody. That's to, right. To come into the fold. That's right. He liberated and, and people from the collective into individuals. So in a way, yeah. he sort of initiated uh, a teaching that was actually teaching about individuation, mm -hmm. which is why Young actually, I think, held him up as, a, as yeah. a high figure. Yeah, and I. But that's the thing. Like right now, we don't have. Uh, there's nobody trying to bring us all into the fold. There's nobody, no person in power or person of, no. of status who's trying to get everybody on the, you know, together to unify. It's no. all, it's all about this or that. My yes. team and, or your team. And you know, what's interesting because there's, there's an old uh, saying like in times of crisis, uh, history throws up the people who can, can't are needed yeah. to help navigate through the treacherous, yeah. you know, crossing. And so right now I'm looking at, I think that the people who, who've been through it, there's a bunch of them actually, but the ones I think who are highest profile, who I think are doing unbelievably profound work that is setting the stage for people to, for people to start to move to the next level that we have to get to 
uh, so that we don't just collapse into right. chaos. Mm -hmm. Julian Assange, mm -hmm. Edward Snowden, people who tell the truth yeah. without being limited by their of, tribal concerns, right? Who or risk their, or their, their lives. personal, yeah. That's right, risk their, their lives, life, right? Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peterson, to me, is really remarkable because, I mean, I've been saying for years that so much of the problems that we have are that there's just no understanding of the most basic psychology yeah. that's there. And if people were familiar with it and understood it and could apply it to themselves and apply it to situations we're in, we'd be a lot more conscious. Yeah. Peterson is actually now bringing into public consciousness just a deep psychological understanding that allows people to understand themselves. Right. But he's also kind of psychoanalyzing the culture. Jung did a lot of that. Yeah. But Peterson's now doing it brilliantly, going around the world on, on you know, now he's on his tour. Yeah. And to me, he's now, this he's the first figure, I think, that has been given uh, an opportunity to psychologically educate mm -hmm. millions and millions and millions of people. So for whatever reason. So yeah. there's that. There's Assange who's exposed the secrets. But also, don't you think some, like, only the only the people who are seeking out people like that. I mean, I didn't know about him until you mentioned him. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested in everything, yeah. everything I heard him talk about yeah. now that I've watched something. Yeah. So the people who aren't investigating at all, how does that stuff trickle down? Like, how does the well, psychology ever reach? Well, here's, here's the interesting thing. So he's been he's been completely demonized. There's a there's yeah. a full scale assault to take him down and smear him the same way they're smearing. You know, it's like smears have become the tactic of yeah. the the status quo yep. system that wants to stay in power even though it doesn't deserve it, even though it's completely corrupt and yeah. is using it diabolically. Yeah. Right. So he's got. God, hundreds of millions of people and watching views. So the uh, the number of people, he said this actually, he said the 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 ratio, he's really good on statistics, the ratio of people who watch him and basically are really kind of open and taking in what he says mm -hmm. and the people who are essentially attacking and trying to smear and destroy him is 50 to 1 oh. in the positive. Oh, that's good. Right. So what's happening is, and this is a perfect process, so there's some really sort of infamous interviews that have been done because when he goes on state TV in any country, mm -hmm. likely is not the interviewer is coming with an agenda and their purpose is to take him down. Right. 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 And so most of the time that has happened, it has really backfired mm -hmm. because it becomes can... obvious how disingenuous and ideologically driven and duplicitous yep. uh, that campaign is and those individuals are. And because he's developed an ability to stay reasonable, mm -hmm. not get triggered. I mean, you can see he's gone through a whole learning curve. You can see yeah. the early ones. I've watched his things over really? over the last, yeah. You watch these videos. This guy has grown remarkably. Wow. Because he was thrown into a situation way beyond his ability yeah. to manage. Okay. And he actually, early time, he didn't think he was going to make it through. There's one really poignant interview where somebody asked him, this is like, you know, six, eight months ago, about the thing that was happening, he was saying, I feel like I'm riding a 100-foot tidal wave, mm -hmm. and, and I really, I don't think it's going to end well. Wow. That was early, right? Yeah. He was so over his head. Yeah. Because he just spoke the truth, and yeah. it catapulted him into notoriety. Yeah. Um, and he was getting so much opposition. Yeah, he's, a, he's already on the stake. Yeah, yeah. The, so he, so he like, like literally, 
at that point where he said that was what he really thought. He thought it was just going to end really badly for wow. him. Yeah. Right. And now, many, many months later, he's just become masterful at a level that he was not before. So you can really see him. Yeah. Expanding this. to me. And all the attacks against him tend to backfire because it exposes the dishonesty. You know, when a really true, truthful, honest person is talking in a reasonable, rational way yeah. to, to a fanatic who's doing <laughs> everything possible out. to misrepresent and yeah. destroy them. Yeah. It can be, it becomes pretty obvious to most people. Most people, although I still think there are a lot who no, you're right. would choose to see it That's through right. the lens that they but have I already think, selected. I think there's a groundswell of people who are wanting to actually grow and develop and I hope you're right. are really yeah. concerned. Well, I think his his following shows that. Yeah. Because he's he's got I mean, he's had hundreds and hundreds of millions of hits. Maybe over I think he's had over a billion yeah, I think he's a of billion. his things watched. That's awesome. And it's gaining ground, and so he's at there. It's he is seeding the math, masses with a deep psychological understanding that is invaluable yeah. to personal individuation. It's also invaluable for collective assessing yeah. what's going on collectively and case by case situations like corrupt interviewers, corrupt yeah. news systems, yeah. all that stuff, manipulation. Right. You know. So, in that sense, I think wow, it's like, and and I know there's. I mean, I bump, you know, I come into all kinds of, you bump into somebody, there's just a lot of remarkable people out. They're just not allowed on the mainstream new corporate mainstream news, right. but they're out there. Yeah. And the news has got, you know, I mean, the last time I heard it was like had a 16% approval rating, mm -hmm. 16%. It's pretty low. Um, and there are people that are flocking to real news, alternative news, mm -hmm. where people are still, and actually some, some of the people is like, oh, the other, like, uh, Glenn Greenwald, brilliant Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, one of the most remarkable truth speakers that we've got. Chris Hedges, mm -hmm. amazing guy. I love Chris Hedges. Unbelievably yeah. profound. Yeah. Deep spirituality without any spiritual pretense. Yeah. And deep insight into what's going on. Yeah. So there are people out there, yeah. and they're not being seen by people who are just plugged in. But I, I actually feel like. It's, there is a ground. Yeah, you know, the yin yang thing, right? With the like the the little light spot in the center of the darkness that starts yeah. to expand. I feel like that's the point we're at, and okay. I'm somewhat, I wouldn't even say optimistic, but I'm open to the possibility that we do have a shot here, mm -hmm. and the stakes are really, really grim. Mm -hmm. And and so this is I'm, you know, I'm I'm glad I'm here to witness this because this is the most you know I think this is the most extraordinary. This is this is a culmination of something to me it's come to a head that that's just about the evolutionary history of human beings collectives ideologies wow political ideas mm -hmm. um and then all the darkness and shadow and corruption yeah. and stuff it's like come to a head it's remarkable it would make sense because it's in the telling of all these different stories yeah. all the, from all over the world you know these ideas that's, that it was converging there you at, go. at this point that's right know? So it seems like we are in it. We're yeah, in, we are in, in it. The You're right. It has been, you could say, prophesied or or some of the myths that prefigure this. Yeah. And the Mayan that's, calendar ending and all that stuff. Mayan calendar ending, all the Zero stories of the, the end times and all yeah. that stuff, right? And it's all metaphorically or mythically true. And it's yeah. been communicated. Now, here we are. And it does seem, like I was, I was saying that to my partner, it's like, okay, finally, I mean, people are worrying about, oh, the apocalypse, the apocalypse, the yeah. apocalypse. 
Okay, finally, this is the apocalypse. Yeah, we get to call it what it is. Now. Yeah, and it's not, and it's not the apocalypse of you know the four horsemen and right. you know the and with the mythical creatures and the blood. So but do you think people are waiting for more? I feel like people are just waiting for or like the bottom that you talked about the, with the collective bottom. Like people uh, are waiting to see even worse stuff before they get up. Yeah, and do no, anything. we clearly we haven't hit bottom yet. Yeah, we're and, we're willing to watch the apocalypse for a little while before stepping out of it like we want to see it we want to see a hundred movies on netflix about it first before yeah. we're willing yeah. to admit that we're perpetuating it yeah and here's so here's where it happened oh and that was the other thing i was gonna say because you were raising all these issues about you know you know the you know the making choices that support corrupt things like nestle's and yeah. you know whatever else um that's part of the compassionate witness thing is Everybody is complicit at some level right. because we're so enmeshed in the system as it is and completely dependent on it and immersed in it from childhood. Yeah, we don't really have a choice anymore. Yeah, you don't have a choice. And so nobody, eat, in that sense, gonna be nobody, nobody is clean enough to stand in righteous judgment yeah. of, and I did, of yeah. everyone else. Right? I didn't mean to. I often make statements that probably sound like I'm being No, 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 no. But. No, but you're absolutely right. You see, that that's, you know, people need to do those things. Yeah. And not judge each other. Everyone well, will yeah. be doing what they can, and right. so the shift happens for every individual when they make a decisive choice that puts them on the right path of principles, ethics, yeah. and then they start in their personal decisions sorting their life out so that it actually is in alignment with those principles. Yep. Right. Yeah. And that's a long life. That's a lifelong process. And there are always things that you're not doing yet. One because you may not be conscious of them, mm -hmm. or you may not. You may be doing too many other things, and like that thing that you're now aware of is like, I don't have the energy to take that on too, but there's yeah. you're actually in process toward that right. goal. What do, you, what do you think about, um, like, if you were to take out the psychological or the political or any of those and just think of it like on a purely vibrational level, like mm -hmm. if, if consciousness is just vibration, mm -hmm. um, personally, I feel like you could apply all these same rules about, I mean, you could, you could apply empathy mm -hmm. in the same way that you could like sort of attune to another's mm -hmm. vibration, yeah. right? Yeah. So you can you yeah. can sort of understand them through the whatever whatever channel you choose yes. because i think for a lot of people politics is such a turn off especially right now yeah uh, i think spirituality and religion can freak people out yeah i think i mean kind of as soon as you start to label anything yeah you start to lose a few 
uh, of the audience because right. like well, right. I don't want that. I don't you know. Right. You, you said God. I'm stepping out of here. Right. You know. Right. But I feel like if you because we use language to communicate and because we've sort of built a society based around that language so that we can understand yeah. each other when we're when we're referencing things right, right? um all the ideas too are just they're built out of that same framework of of language yeah but i feel like language is inherently limiting right and restrictive right. and sort of uh divisive or it can right. be yeah so i try to go personally or lately anyway i've been mm -hmm. trying to like go simplify it down to the most basic thing which to me is just like a vibration yeah. in the universe whatever yeah. that is yeah. and and, and i think if you're right. yeah and situations and, right. Oh, right yeah yeah well i think every individual is just an expression of that of that right. one vibration of the universal right. vibration right and i think that when you're in accord with it it feels good you yeah. feel right you're not you're not That's behaving right. in shame and and right. guilt you're not doing things out of fear and insecurity right. and judgment right uh and likewise when you're engaging with others like if you're doing yes. that in kindness and right. thoughtfulness and compassion right. and then it's going to be you're going to vibrate together in a way that yes makes it a better world that's right it makes even just that little space around you a that's better right. place to be yeah so i feel like that even if you stripped away all the ideologies and everything else you could just think in terms of well when i'm good to somebody or when i'm like putting out positive intentions that's right they seem to be reflected back that's right it seems to work yeah. for other people right. they like it yeah we're not fighting yeah you know? that's right and that's to me that's what i call perfect process yeah and yeah i agree right and that's actually really important because i think when you're starting to tune in and work on that level mm -hmm. um you know i mean that's, that's the law of physics everything has a vibration right matter what is matter matter is a light energy vibrating at frequencies that become dense enough to coalesce into matter. Right. And emotional states have different vibrations. Mm -hmm. And when you, so you can, like I noticed at a certain point in the process that when I had very intense feelings, they were always associated with ideas. Right. And then I'd get hooked on the idea, which would keep me from the feeling. I'd be, or I'd be in my yep. head trying to figure it out. Well, but, it's usually you're trying to figure out how you can be right. Right? Yes, isn't that what most ideas? Or, like, or at least, how to, yeah, that, or right. or at least like to figure out so that I think that I know what's going on. Right, you so just want to resolve it somehow. You want to exactly. You yeah. want to resolve it somehow. Yeah. But when I started tuning into the actual sensations of the feelings, every emotion that I could possibly feel always had a sensation located somewhere in my body and had a particular flavor or vibration. Huh. Interesting. Right? Yeah, and then it was like oh, now I'm just meeting it directly. And then if I just felt into that, I would often get spontaneous insight at a much higher level than when I was not trying, not feeling it yeah. and in my head trying to figure it out and come to an insight. It's because right? you're skipping the whole storyline. You yeah. You're just yeah. like, put put that whole fable away and yeah. go right to the truth. And you're dealing with something, some fundamental aspect of reality, which is the vibrational level. Well, isn't that what our emotions are really there for anyway? It's yeah, like I think a, so. a guidepost yeah. for like, hey, you're feeling this. That's it probably right. means you should right. look at what's That's going right. on. That's right. And actually for me, I came up with a trend is that the feelings are the medicine. Mm -hmm. When I just finally allow myself to feel the feelings that I've been too scared to feel, have been repressing because I thought they'd be too overwhelming. Yeah. When I get to the point when I'm actually able to do that, then the feelings actually... Release. Give me access to some kind of understanding about something because I'm I'm integrating them. Yeah, right. right. And if I integrate them, I take them, and I'm what was unconscious becomes conscious and feeling, yeah, and then it becomes at least to conscious insight. Right. 
And I think that's, that's a natural process. That's really important. So that, yeah, I think that's actually the vibrational thing is true because people get caught up in differences between, you know, a religious everything. thing. Or every, 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 every single difference. Everything associated find. with, uh, yeah. With well, the and probably they could even find a way to, to make vibration, you know, a, a two-sided yeah. thing. And, so, I think, so I think that's important to do that. Um, and then part of it is to, um, like, uh, I like Peterson has this thing about um, the development of under certain understandings that in primeval times we had uh, stories, mm-hmm. right? So people tell stories around the fire, probably you know, going way back into primordial times. Yep. And the stories were, you know, were, were something essential in yeah. terms of human understanding and dealing with the world as it is and navigating through it and finding a right path. Yeah. Then we develop myths. He says, and myths was an evolution from, I think this is how it goes, you talk about it, a story to a, like a decisive symbolic metaphor metaf- something. yeah something yeah. that really contained an essential aspect that was, that's a vital part of who we are a moral we understand. or something yeah. yeah then he said and then we had novelists and playwrights and they began to take myths and articulate them and break them down and digest them okay. and so we've been digesting and he says and then eventually you come to the point where you can consciously articulate the ideas that were just latent okay. in stories and myths. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. And so that's the progression. Okay. So that's part like, there are all these different levels of ourselves. So the vibration thing is really important. Mm-hmm. And then, but it also has to become conscious. You, you become fully conscious of something, according to Peterson and really according to Young, mm-hmm. in my experience, when you're able to articulate it really, dis, really articulate it mm-hmm. where it's absolutely clear and that kind of clarity only comes out of your indi- having individuated a particular piece, right? Which is different than theoretical right. understanding. Yeah, you understand it firsthand because yeah. you lived lived through the process yeah. of becoming it. Yeah. So, so yeah, all those things are, are part of the same thing, and you, and you can't do it all at once. So you work like so you work like there's been periods when it was doing one thing, and then doing like the that vibe thing about the feelings and the vibrations. Yeah. Because they tell you. Oh, and the other thing, really good thing is, is, and you probably noticed, like, like I noticed years ago, I'm, I've got somebody that I've had some kind of problem or, you know, difficulty with, mm-hmm. and when they're not in my presence, I'm actually mulling over it and coming up with a story and yep. thinking that I know what they did and why they did it and yep. who they really are, and it's based in projections mm-hmm. because I haven't actually looked at my part fully enough. And so I, all I can do is project on them. But, and then at a certain point, like, let's say I notice like you bump into the person and now there they are right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And the way that they're being isn't Doesn't the figure up. of your projection. Right. And what often hap- would happen is, and it works both ways, is that suddenly the whole projection thing is gone in their presence and you see and feel who they are, the their vibration. Yeah. And, now, and often, because I used to think, oh God, you have to do all this stuff to work all this stuff out. But yeah. sometimes you just show up and both people there in a right spirit, and then it's done. Yeah, it's resolved, right? Yeah, that's what I was talking about with the like. Without, it doesn't always have to be a, a struggle, like the crisis right. thing. It could just be this thing, like, oh, we yeah. were both ready, and yeah. it arrived. Yeah, and also I think you know the benefit of the individuation process, which in you know in a spiritual paradigm is your spiritual practice or whatever, mm-hmm. is that you come up with an ethos, a way that you understand 
you can be in the world that has the maximum positive effect for you and for others and the world, right? Right. right. And so you come up, and then you practice that. Uh -huh. And you practice that in the face of all those parts of yourself that are in resistance to that. And that's where, you know, the two parts. Jung said we are torn apart by irreconcilable opposites of our nature. Okay. We have a shadow and we have this other part. Right. So any practice, you're always practicing with one, the thing that you realize is the right way of being right and the part of yourself that's not there yet that's going to resist and now you there's a, a friction going on and you have to make choices in this tension okay and as you consistently practice that the old negative stuff is seen and more or less understood and integrated or kind of it becomes less of an unconscious dominating force right in your life and your personality right and you can begin to operate more naturally because you've practiced enough mm -hmm. in the way that actually works right and then you go out and when you know you probably know you go out and you're kind to people and you're nice that part of them because everybody's got the same two parts in conflict uh -huh. that part of them uh, that comes once alive. comes alive and you can have these really beautiful encounters. Yeah, that's with, the vibration I'm talking about. That's you, the one. You just, or just smiling at somebody. You, yeah. you just created that's right. an, an opportunity yeah. for the smile to be returned. That's right. And then you're uplifting both of you. Yeah. I really, do that I, all the time, everywhere, you can, or just any, yeah, you can. any, just a little bit anywhere, yes. it's going to help. That's right. And actually, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross said there's a beautiful uh, CD set called Graceful Passages uh -huh. with a bunch of spiritual teachers and some exquisite music. And she's reading one of her things. And one of the things she said, because she did a lot of near-death experience studies, yep. she said that one thing that a lot of people have experienced in near-death experiences is how... A simple encounter with another person, um, positive or negative, uh, has a ripple effect that spreads out to affect hundreds of lives, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, and I heard a story about a woman who was on her way to commit suicide from another source, uh, and she just completely given up, and she shut her door, and she was walking to this bridge that was cut moss from house. She was going to jump into the water mm -hmm. and commit suicide. It wasn't Bay Area; it's in New York. And as she's walking by. She happens to look up, and, she, and a young man is walking by, and as he walks by, he just looks at her, and he just had this smile, mm -hmm. and he said hi. <laughs> and something happened out of that simple encounter that by the time she got, she didn't get to the bridge. I think she said she got a few more blocks. It just made such an impression of, wow, somebody just looked at me, and they smiled, me, and, and they yeah. said hi, and, yep. yeah, and, it, and it shifted, and she ended up, Turning around, he went back, and she got into therapy, and you know, <laughs> and she got her life back on track. Yeah, saved her life with saved, a smile. Saved her life. That's pretty awesome. So yeah, those. Oh, there was one more thing I was going to get to about about that idea. About the ripple uh, effect idea. Or yeah, the ripple effect, and just the the way. Oh yeah. Uh, wait. Yeah, the way that you are having an effect, and the way that people respond. That's um, nah, it's gone now, but but yeah, that idea mm -hmm. is that's the individual's participation in the process. Right. And if enough individuals are doing that, it really can shift the balance. And I yeah. think, and right now with all the polarization, the demonization, the judgment and the slandering and, you know, the winning at all costs and basically a, what was a scorched earth policy yeah. that was from the Civil War. What was it? I can't remember the general, but it's a scorched earth mm -hmm. policy right now. Just raise them to the ground. That's yeah. really kind of seems to be the you know an intention for that's sure being played out, and that's being manipulated um and frank and uh, 
Which has never worked, by the way. It's never exactly <laughs> not once. Exactly, it's never worked. That's the disintegration into chaos. That yeah. So what? So what does Young believe? If no single individual could ever achieve that sort of the the psychic understanding in one lifetime, does he believe that just by living that lifetime and then passing on what you know, that ripple effect will eventually lead to some individuals? achieving it in their lifetimes or, no, it's or not just po- collective? It, it is not possible for so no single individual to fulfill all their potential in a single lifetime okay. because the potential of the psyche for growth is virtually I mean here's the thing imagine that human culture could live for 10 million years on a planet mm-hmm. and and undergo a process of evolution right over that long period like from where we are now let's say we had 10 million years on this planet yep okay if we progressed at the level that we have to this point, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be way beyond where anybody is now. And if you like, and then the idea if there's if there is an afterlife, it's like okay, well, so let's say that Buddha, you know, or you know, whatever these great realizers are, you know, like he reached a level that he did, and then he died. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's a continuation of his existence. Do you think he just stayed at that level? And even if he's having more experiences in other dimensions, right. that he's not going to continue to grow and evolve? Right. Right? Well, the same self that Buddha had in this lifetime that allowed him to reach the level where he was and have the effect that he had mm-hmm. is going to be working in him in any kind of life experience he might be having, either in a, in a material world or a spiritual realm or whatever. Who knows? Okay. I don't know, but who knows? So... Of course, well, all of that future potential is potential that's in the self that we all have. Right. So it's not possible to fulfill it in a lifetime. That's why it's always important to stay humble. Yeah. Because you're always an apprentice to a greater process in life that's beyond your understanding. Right. And so that's just like we're all here learning lessons no matter where we are. Mm -hmm. So it's just like that's, that's a good thing. Right. It just means we're all in it together. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Well, I think part of the problem, though, is that, and especially in a lot of people's individual spiritual practice, uh, is that they're trying to achieve enlightenment. Like they're, yeah. they're looking at it as a personal goal and they want to get there first. Yeah. And that just immediately That's right. does away with the, whole, the principle to begin with. Like it just ruins right. it right from the You're start. You're absolutely right. And, that, and, that's, and I actually I have an allergy to the whole enlightenment yeah. thing yeah. for that reason. And I participated in it for yeah. years. And I, you know, I was in that, you know, that group, spiritual group back in the eighties. I got out in 88. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was why I got out. And actually I came up because I saw, here's a group of people, we're all together and it's a community so-called. And, uh, but on some level, everybody's competing against everybody yeah. else for enlightenment. There's still a perceived and, hierarchy. And, and everybody's just considered an ego. So there's a really, People often don't treat each other well at all. Yeah. They often treat each other really badly yeah. in the context of a spiritual community know, isn't that with a spiritual justification. And it's, it comes down to that thing. And I, you know, to me, I came up the the phrase that came to me around that was because I'm a writer, so I always like come up with like phrases. Yeah. Is, uh, There's nothing more loveless than the obsession with one's own enlightenment. Mm. It's not loving. No, not at all. If if you're putting that higher than the way that you relate to others. And some people can link them together. But it's also the idea that you can somehow make enlightenment happen by this heroic yeah. 
driven ascent. It's, it's you, the individual, you, who made it happen. Right. That, right. Not, not your connection to a higher right. And then the idea that you can get in a state that's somehow the final state. Right. And then be there. Like and then just be exist there. in that. Yeah. You know, I know somebody who knows a, a, a wellness spiritual teacher who, who said, I'm complete. Ugh. Yeah, as soon as you say that, you know you're full of shit. Or I know you're full of shit. Yeah. You might not. Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I know you are. Yeah, and you so know you're not. So that thing about like the whole idea of pursuing enlightenment, mm-hmm. to me, became unhealthy You know, when I left that community. I just realized that that's nuts. Jung's model of individuation, of ongoing challenges and growth. Yeah. That it's, you know, three steps forward, two steps back. Um, that you continue to develop in your maturity, yeah. but you're not going to reach some final state where you've done, you're done. Right. Like, you know, that's a healthier model. It's a more realistic model. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so to me, the Jungian model is superior to the enlightenment model yeah. and look how many crash and burns we've seen in the enlightenment model. And, and in a way just, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's the cult. Yeah, it's... that's it. Tends to create cults. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anything? Any other? Last no, nothing. Nothing or... else. Nothing else comes to mind. Just yeah, no. That's I think that's it. But cool. Yeah, we can well, go thanks. on. I'm sure we go on. I'm sure we could. <laughs> thanks so much, Doug. I yeah, really appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, that's yeah, no, good. Yeah, that was great. This is really, really good. Thank you for listening, everyone. I really appreciate it. Um, If you celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you had a good one. hope you celebrated more in the spirit of generosity than in gluttony. Um, And I hope you gave thanks. Uh, I've been trying to give thanks, especially where it's not often given. Um, so I'll do that here. I I want to give extra special appreciation and sincere gratitude to anybody who feels underappreciated and like they just don't get the thanks they deserve for the work they do in the world. And when I say work, I mean any kind of work, be it uh, you know emotional support for someone or a job that you do or whatever it is. A lot of ways that people show up for one another in the world, and um, I think a lot of them go unrecognized. So I thank you all for the things that you do, big and small. Um, I hope you enjoyed this very, uh, what I thought was a very interesting and deep uh, discussion. And there's another part, part two, coming next week. So stay tuned for that. I'll be here next Friday. I will be in New York at my brother's art exhibit, which you must go to if you're in the area. Um, Grim Gallery, November 30th, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. You will find it. You will love the artwork that you see because my brother is an incredible painter. One day you will meet him via these airwaves. Um, But uh, in the meantime... Check out his work, ewhite.com. All right, 
I love you all. If you want to find me, as always, outspokenpodcast.com. You can subscribe. Please do. You can rate me on different platforms. Um, I'm going to put together a better website and get all this stuff straightened out once and for all. Email and all that jazz. Mailing list, you know, stuff like that. Um, All right. Uh, Take your easies. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.